the Independence Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin and Paul Sussex. Hello and welcome to this week's Grecian Talk, the Independent Exeter City podcast. I'm Ollie Heptinstall and once again with me this week, Paul Martin and Paul Sussex are here to look back on uh, yesterday's disappointing defeat at home to Port Vale. We'll also discuss um, a slightly better uh, 2-1 win at Barnet on Tuesday evening, including a fantastic second goal. It really was a brilliant team goal, that one. And we'll also discuss uh, the Trust AGM, which took place uh, yesterday in the Phoenix Centre. And we'll also um, have a little discussion about um, Swindon Town. They've been placed under a transfer embargo. And we'll have a look to see if that uh, means the Troy Tribunal money may be put at risk. Um, also uh, discuss League Two, including a disappointing day for Devon's clubs, all at the end of a defeat. And um, we'll also look ahead to on Saturday when we uh, visit Northampton in League Two. That's all coming up on Grecian Talk. Right then, we'll start uh, with the Barnet game on Tuesday. Uh, before we get into the negatives of yesterday's defeat at Port Vale, and we'll start with a uh, match report from Hans, and here it is. Hi, it's 1 0 here at the Hill. 1 0 to Exeter, of course. Uh, Maybe a goal, of course, well worked. Um, well, just some of the pressure that uh, they'd applied for the game. Um, plenty of uh, working very well to see. Steve Tolles, Steve Tully up on the right, uh, midfield, uh, quite far forward. the goalie's moved to the left. Um, not quite sure what that will mean for the game. Um, I think comfortable, possibly too comfortable, but that's the way it takes. One nil half time. Winning way then for Exodus City. In front of 333 Grecians. Uh, Exodus game 2-1. Um, two goals for Jamie Kirchner, of course. He's surely uh, on fire this season. Hard work second half on it, really through stuff at us, but the quality on it is just not there. Um, we held on. Who um, uh, Reece Evans could have done better in goal, but um, perhaps at the end of the day, that's a um, midfield did good. Uh, I thought Tiles looked good. Uh, they're wrong. Only returned to that in the uh, second half. Um, but most importantly, three points. Since, uh, a few of the players can feel quite happy with that performance. Um, a few probably need to step up a bit more for uh, Port Vale, I think. Some of it was a bit casual. Um, but yeah, bring on Port Vale. Well done, Exeter. Well done, the 333 Grecian. Right then, Hans, we'll start with you, considering you were, I think you were at the game on Tuesday. So uh, which players were you impressed with the most from City? Um, Doherty had a good game, probably his um, best game in um, in the uh, Exeter City shirt. Um, did um, a lot of good work. Um, he was fundamental in that uh, second goal. Um, if you haven't seen that goal, you have to find a way of watching it. It was absolutely superb piece of work by a number of uh, team players and uh, the John O'Flynn flick was excellent. Um, John O'Flynn had a, a reasonable game. Tolls, I'm really not quite sure with him being uh, there in midfield. Um, sometimes he gets good crosses in, uh, sometimes he just doesn't and I think there are some frustrations by us. Um, 
on the side of the pitch um, with uh, Steve Talley, you know, not getting on with it at times. Um, and of course, Curitan, you know, two goals, you can't argue with that. Uh, excellent headed second goal. Um, the first goal he seemed to have all the time in the world to uh, turn and um, put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, you were mentioning Steve Tully. I was actually quite impressed with him yesterday at home to uh, Port Vale. He's not the best crosser of the ball, is he? We've known that, but uh, he's certainly committed and uh, showed that yesterday, and we'll talk about that uh, later on. But for now, um, Craig Woodman, um, Hans, we criticised him last week, but what, is he, what was he like against Barnett? Um, he wasn't too bad. I don't think um call him out for um, any serious mistakes. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is about him um, not settling in quick enough. Um, it seems to be um, a number of um, problems seem to be coming down his side of the pitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll discuss him a bit later on uh, against Port Vale. And yeah, we, we talked about the second goal, didn't we? It really was a superb team goal, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, from from our angle, I thought uh, Tommy Doherty had got it all wrong. I thought he'd gone for the shot, you know, um, you know, and it was going out wide, and then suddenly there was Curitan heading it in. So um, absolute joy, and like I say, it, you know, several passes, you know, all the way back from just outside their penalty area, um, all the way through to what three or four players um, to Tommy Doherty putting on the head of uh, Curitan. Perfect. Another contender for uh, yeah, goal of the it. season, I would suggest. Yeah, it was a fantastic team goal. Great flick on by uh, John O'Flynn as well in the path of uh, Doherty. Uh, Reese Evans, he came in for Kryjak, I think, on Tuesday. Uh, Hans, what did you make of his display? It was. Um, I thought he was quite nervous. It was very, very wet. Um, you know, so therefore the um, the pitch was wet. The ball was wet. Um, that's probably not the best. Uh, conditions to make your debut, but I felt um, it didn't inspire me with an awful lot of confidence when he came for the ball, um, and some of his uh, kicking when under pressure um, was was not particularly good straight over the uh, the stands, basically. So hopefully he did better yesterday. Yeah, I thought I thought he did actually. We'll discuss that later on, and uh, actually we're gonna, we'll discuss that now because. Uh, We'll look back now on Exeter's disappointing 2-0 defeat to Port Vale yesterday and we'll start off, as usual, with a match report from Paul Martin. So another disappointing home defeat for Exeter on a, after a lethargic display, seeing them comfortably beaten 2-0 at home by second place Port Vale this afternoon and Tom Pope came out comfortably on top in the Battle of the League 2 joint top scorers as his double fired Vale to an easy win here at St James's Park. The first, his first came in the 40th minute after a really strong run down the right-hand side by Jenison Murray-Williams. The cross four Pope to into an empty net. And then in the second half, Exeter briefly looked like getting back into it after Steve Tully's had to hit the crossbar. But then Pope got his second after a good cross by Ashley Vincent. And that was that really. His Exeter huffed and puffed but created little. Their passing at times was atrocious as they failed to complete even the most basic of five-yard passes. And they didn't really offer a lot going forward. And the absence of Alan Gow was keenly felt, I think, here this afternoon. Exeter hopefully will bounce back from this. They've got a couple of... Well, they've got an away game next week to try and get back into it. And uh, But that's three defeats in the last four now. And uh, they've got to pick up their form a sharp and we'll rediscover that form of September that served them well. But full-time here at St James Park this afternoon. Exeter nil, Port Vale 2. Thanks very much for that one, Paul. And uh, we'll start with you. Um, what was... Was that our worst performance of the season, Paul? 
Um, well, I can only talk in terms of the home games because they're the only ones that I've been to. But I think it was the most disappointing home performance of the season because even the Morecambe one, that was sort of three shots that they had and three goals and just individual errors, really. Whereas, And there was more promising attacking play to come from that and it could have been different. Whereas yesterday was just flat all round, really. They didn't really get going, didn't really give the goalkeeper any meaningful saves to make and uh, were undone by two fairly simple goals from a Port Vale point of view. And... Uh, the passing as well in midfield yesterday really wasn't up to the usual standards. So, yeah, I think it was probably the worst home performance of the season. Yeah, you mentioned disappointing passing. Tommy Doherty, it wasn't the best of games from him. Does having both him and Oakley in the centre of midfield work? Uh, well, yesterday it didn't, that's for sure. And I think there is a point, uh, sort of case for the argument that they're probably both too old to be playing together in the centre of midfield. You want someone with a bit of energy in there, a bit of... Um, well, someone, even someone like Serkin, who came back yesterday off the bench, just to give you a bit of pace in there, something going forward, because Doherty and Oakley, they're both good passers of the ball, but you never really see them threatening the goal or uh, threatening to score goals from the centre of midfield, and uh, it would be good to have someone like that in there, and uh, yeah, yesterday they didn't really work as a combination. Yeah, and uh, Craig Woodman, well, he, we talk about him every week, didn't he, poor, the poor guy, and we're going to discuss him again. <laughs> Um, because Myrie Williams of uh, Port Vale, really good display from him, wasn't it? He ran rings around uh, Craig Woodman, I thought. Um, should that mean Jordan Moore Taylor be given a chance to prove himself at left back, perhaps at uh, Northampton next week? Uh, possibly, yeah. But I mean, we've been saying that all season, really, and I think Tisdale's got faith in Woodman to play there, so I'd be surprised, really, if Moore Taylor came in for that game. I think Woodman was better yesterday, to be honest. He... He did struggle against Mario Williams, who was a quick direct winger. But um, I think overall, his sort of his overall performance was improved on the week before. So I'd be surprised if Moore Taylor was going to come in for that game. I'd like to see him maybe integrated more into the team, even off the bench or something like that. If Woodman is having a poor game, there's nothing wrong with bringing him on, or even giving someone like Freer a chance at left back in a game like yesterday, where you're two 0 down and need to get back into the game. So. I think he he's getting a bit better, perhaps Woodman, but he's still not uh, not totally convincing at left back. No, and uh, Alan Gow he didn't play on uh, Tuesday, did he, Hans? Um, I don't know what it was what um, the link-up play was like without Gow, but it was certainly really poor yesterday. Just shows what an important player he is, Hans. Um, I. I in some time, some of the games we've done quite well without him. You know, um, Oxford United away, for example, um, there was something missing um, in the Barnet game. You know, we may have won, but it um, wasn't a great performance, great result, but not a great performance. I think would be um, what to say. We didn't seem to have um, the pace going forward. We seemed to um, be preparing to uh, pass it around rather than perhaps you know getting it to somebody like Gow and. Um, you know, and as Paul was saying just now, having someone around with a bit of pace to um, to get things moving, to um, to to make an effective counter attack. Yep. And uh, as for who we're going to discuss next, um, uh, oh, Gillen Bowser. It was a pr- pretty dreadful display from him when he came on uh, yesterday, Paul. And well, it really was not not good at all, was it, Paul? Uh, no, it was a bit worrying, really, because he's shown some positive signs this season. Him, his link-up with O'Flynn in particular in games this season has been promising. But yesterday was more a return to his form of last year. I mean, he looked a bit 
bit lazy, really, and some of his passes were just really poor. I mean, he did have, to be fair to him, he did have the only two shots on target in the game, one with the header that was really well saved, and then with the shot from distance. So he did, uh, in fairness to him, create something for the team, but overall his link-up play really wasn't uh, up to scratch yesterday, I don't think. Yeah, he just looks just looks really unfit, doesn't he? Really slow on the ball, sluggish. And, uh, yeah, we hope he improves as the season goes on. Um, Reese Evans, though, he came in goal, didn't he? Again, he was in goal again yesterday for Arta Krajak, who made a blunder, didn't he, last week against Bristol Rovers, which he was really lucky to get away with. Um, I was quite impressed with his distribution over everything, uh, Paul. Did you agree with that? Well, yeah, I mean, having seen the last few uh, Exeter City goalkeepers just routinely thump the ball into the flyby, I think it was a change yesterday to see Evans actually keep some of his kicks in play. I mean, a few of them did go out, of course, but most of them he got good distance with them. And, uh, yeah, so I was impressed with that. Unfortunately, there was no one really to get on the end of those long kicks because they don't have a target man type figure. Whether that's for the benefit or not, I'm not sure. But with the long goal kicks, it would definitely help to have someone with a bit more aerial threat in there than Curitan and O'Flynn, who against the massive centre-back McDonald yesterday, didn't really have a chance. Um, and, but some of his throws out as well were impressive. He released Tully and a mankle down the right-hand side on a few occasions. So no, I thought he was quite good yesterday. Couldn't do anything with either of the goals either. So um, I'd stick with him, I think, for the time being. Yeah, let's hope his uh, good run of form continues. OK, then we're going to move on now. And uh, well, we'll discuss the Northampton game later on. But for now, we're going to um, discuss the... Um, situation at Swindon Town because they've been placed under a transfer embargo after uh, the club accounts reveal they've spent uh, around 66.7% of their income on players when the League One limit is 65% and of course that might affect the Troy uh, Tribunal money. Uh, can Hans tell us any more? Well, I think what has happened is um, Swindon spent heavily during the close season on players and, of course, the one unknown variable was uh, what the tribunal would set for Troy Archibald Henville. And it seemed that um, they set that at a lot higher than Swindon and, uh, budgeted for. So that meant that they went over their um, their limit of 65%. Now, I don't think this affects their ability to pay us the money that they owe us. Well, I hope it doesn't. Um, and I don't think it indicates that um, they're in financial trouble. I think that just indicates that um, they've gone past the uh, 65% mark and they're basically going to have to get their revenues up or find ways of cutting their wage bill to get back within the uh, target. I think it's um, the first team that uh, we've had um, for file of the new regulations. So it'll be interesting to see how the um, the league deals with it. But it's kind of um, ironic, really, that it's the league uh, created this through the um, transfer tribunal ruling for uh, Troy. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the another problem with Swindon is they thought the uh, money was to be paid in instalments, but uh, the tribunal stated that it had to be paid uh, all at once, which of course. It means they've um, spent more than they, well, more than the 65% limit for League One clubs. But I, I don't think um, they are in financial difficulties. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that one goes on. And hopefully Exeter will get the money uh, for Troy as soon as possible. OK, then we're going to move on now. And uh, the Trust AGM, that took place yesterday in the uh, Phoenix Centre in Exeter. And uh, Hans, can you tell us a bit more about 
what happened at the AGM? Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't uh, present, but um, the reports coming back suggest that there was um, just under 100 people there, which is uh, a good attendance. Um, there were a lot of motions. Um, I think the ones that the boss wanted, um, sorry, the board of trustees wanted passed, uh, did get through. Um, the ones that came in from other people um, didn't. There was one motion that um, neither the proposer or seconder uh, turned up at the Phoenix Centre to um, talk to their motion, so it didn't get discussed, which is incredibly disappointing. Um, and the uh, the key motion about um, taking the trust forward, the new rules and regulations effectively for it, um, couldn't be discussed or couldn't be uh, voted on because um, the quorum for an AGM has to be over a thousand um, to meet the um, constitution. So a reconstituted meeting doesn't have those requirements. So that's going to take place in a fortnight's time before the Chesterfield game and be in the St James's Centre. So hopefully people will get along to that one and um, see what it's all about. Okay, and what about um, Stephen Chudley? Because he was setting out his manifesto, wasn't he, on uh, a Grecian talk a few weeks ago. Was the vote for new board of trustees, to, uh, did that take place yesterday? Um, there wasn't any need for an election, so yeah, Steve Chudley effectively is on the um, the boss. Perhaps we need to um, get him back again to um, talk about how things are going. If there are vacancies yeah, as well, it'd be... Yeah, congratulations to uh, Steve. Um, I hope he's uh, not too daunted by the task. It'd be good to have him back again, perhaps, uh, at a future meeting to talk about what he thinks of it uh, so far. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, many congratulations to Stephen. Um, OK, we're going to move on again now and this time discuss uh, League Two and what was a very poor day for Devon's clubs, all at the hands of defeats and uh, both Torquay and Plymouth lost to managerless uh, clubs and we'll start with Wickham uh, Torquay I beg your pardon at Wickham they lost 2-1 to the chair boys there at Adams Park and um, Paul it was a disappointing defeat for uh, Torquay but a boost for Gareth Ainsworth and his chances of getting the job on a permanent basis there at Wickham yeah they did well and I think they do a lot worse than hiring Ainsworth in a permanent role I mean I saw the the bit on the Football League show where Clem went there and uh, Ains has clearly got a passion for it, for the club and uh, he's been there a few years now, now, knows what the place is about and he's got player manager experience as well at QPR so I think of all the candidates they could do worse than having Ains with him and I think with his drive and determination they could move up the table sooner rather than later. Yeah and it's not been a brilliant start for Torquay United has it? Um, not sure where they are in the uh, league table now, just have a quick look at that and they are now in 11th place so not a bad start I suppose but they've just been drawing too many games haven't they Paul? Yeah they have really and that's been their downfall they've got Rennie Howe up front who's scoring a lot of goals and they had a great comeback the other day against uh, Aldershot where they came from 3-0 down to win 4-3 but uh, yeah the draws have been their problem and they'll be very disappointed yesterday losing out at Wickham and I think it was Ling described as their worst performance of the season as well which off the back of such an inspiring comeback the other day they'll be very disappointed with but still they're only three points off the playoffs so they'll be more than confident that they can pick up some form and challenge uh, as the season goes on. All right League 2 roundup we'll continue that one with uh, Hans because Paul's uh, disappeared. Um... What we're going to discuss. Plymouth 1, Wickham, uh, Wimbledon 2. They're at Home Park yesterday. Um, Hansel, like, 
I don't know what you think about goings on there at Home Park. Who's to blame for the uh, situation there? Is it Carl Fletcher, the manager, or is it owner James Brent and his lack of investment into the squad? I think um, they're always going to have problems this season unless um, Carl Fletcher could produce miracles. Um, Brent, quite rightly, hasn't um, been able to invest in the uh, club. I think it would look wrong to suddenly, you know, pay out less than a penny in the pound to um, creditors to suddenly then put loads and loads of money into the uh, club and buy up you know, new players and basically buy out League Two. Um, so they're always going to be at the, um, the struggling end. I'm not sure that it, it is blame going anywhere. I think this is um, they're, they're where they um, have to be with um, the problems that they've got. So we'll, we'll stick with Hans for now and... Uh... Oxford nil, Gillingham nil yesterday at uh, the Cassam Stadium, of course, where Exeter have so much uh, success. Um, it's a good point for uh, Oxford, but it shows Gillingham are starting to feel the pressure of uh, being at the top of uh, League Two hands. Yeah, I mean, um, the record has to fall apart at some stage, I think. Um, in many ways, nil-nil away from home for Gillingham is quite credible. I think more importantly is Oxford... Um, are putting one or two results back after the run of six games uh, without a win or without any result. Um, so, you know, I think Oxford will probably be uh, really pleased with this one. Southend 2, Barnet 2 yesterday at uh, Roots Hall. Barnet just can't get a win, can they? They were leading 2-0 there, but just couldn't hang on against late goal expert Southend. Um, Hans, are Barnet not getting the luck at the moment? Um, possibly not. I think they um, had a good goal disallowed against us for offside on Tuesday night. Um, without knowing how, you know, when I saw the score earlier on, without knowing what the sequence of goals was, I was quite impressed that Barnet managed to get a draw away from home. Um, many ways they're going to be quite happy with that, but they do need that um, win to um, do their uh, annual escape again. Yeah, it's former Exeter manager uh, Mark Robson, I think, who's there now. Um, is he starting to get his um, ethos across maybe there at Underhill now? Um, I thought Barnett played uh, a reasonable a game of football, if um, just not very good at it. I mean, rather than you know the likes of Port Vale and Bristol Rovers, who just want to um, be very physical, they did try to play uh, football. So yes, um, I would expect Mark Robson to to have his sides play football. It was his type of um, style as a manager, as a player for Exeter. Yeah, and we hope uh, Barnet their fortunes improve. Um, okay, then we're going to uh, move on. I think now to next Saturday um, when we. Uh, go to Northampton in that uh, League Two game, and um, Hans or oh, Paul actually we'll, we'll ask Paul now. Um, good chance for another away win, considering Northampton haven't won in four games, including a three-one defeat to Bristol Rovers yesterday. Yeah, next to the away form's been good, so hopefully the two combined might uh, result in a good outcome for the Grecians on Saturday. Um, yeah, Northampton haven't quite been as strong as I thought they might have been uh, with Boothroyd in charge. I think, to, for all his faults, I think he's a decent lower league manager, but they, they're mid-table mediocrity at the moment, and uh, it's a good chance for Exeter to go there and continue their good away form. Yeah, and we hope it continues, um, but Hans, will we struggle with uh, Northampton's physical style and, of course, their big striker Adebayo Akinfenwa? 
think um, the games where we've struggled in have been where the teams have been quite physical. You know, as I said earlier on, Bristol Rovers and Port Vale were both physical teams. Uh, it doesn't suit our styles. I think um, our style really requires the opposition to play football and to um, give us give us a bit of time. Um, I've got a friend who refers to their manager as A.D. Hoofroyd. <laughs> because <laughs> of their style of just kicking the ball up long to uh, Akinpenwa. So it'll be interesting. Um, need the uh, defence uh, on top of the game next week. I mean, it may be where I think we are vulnerable in defence, you know, either down the wings at speed or um, straight over the top of us. Yeah, add a, uh, Pat Baldwin will need to be at the top of it. Sorry, Pat, Pat Baldwin will need to be at the top of his game and Danny Coles, I think, to um, keep him in, uh, keep him quiet. Yeah, I agree with that one. And, um, right, we're drawing to a conclusion, but uh, can we have your predictions, please, for Saturday? And we'll start with you, Paul. Uh, I think one each on Saturday. And what about you, Hans? Uh, I'm going to go with a disappointing 3-2 to Northampton Town. Okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a bit negative this week, and I'll go for a three 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 nil defeat. I think I think we'll struggle against Northampton, unfortunately. Okay, right then, that's about it for this week's Grecian talk. My thanks to uh, Paul Martin and Paul Sussex for your company. I'm sure you'll be back with us next week. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, this is how you can do so. You can tweet the show at Grecian Talk. Email the show contact at GrecianTalk.co.uk. Or you can find us on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for this week's show. Don't forget we're on iTunes now. So uh, don't forget to find us on there and subscribe uh, to all our shows for free. And uh, next time you go on iTunes, it'll all be downloaded for you um, straight away. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for uh, listening this week to Grecian Talk. Join us soon for more Grecian Talk.